0: No longer just a dream. Martin Luther King Jr. believed that society's three evils were militarism, racism, and materialism. Today, decades later, we can easily argue that all of them remain among the biggest threats we face. One with events like Crimea and ISIS, we see the danger of militarism. Two, with Charleston, South Carolina, Dayton, Ohio, El Paso, Texas, Parkland, Florida, and Las Vegas, Nevada, we see the lingering poison of racism. Three, with income inequality, the lack of social mobility, and the lack of a fair shot for all, we see evidence of the darker side of materialism. And yet today, Reverend King's dream lives on, and, as the name of this play goes, It is no longer just a dream. What if Dr. King could take a look, a peek into what happened to his dream? Well, according to prominent physicists, including Einstein and Goddard, time travel, at least mathematically speaking, is possible. We're now in 1964, 56 years ago. Who are you? asks the Reverend. REVEREND, I'M A TIME TRAVELER ASSIGNED TO YOU. A TIME TRAVELER. YES, SIR. I'VE BEEN SENT STRAIGHT FROM HEAVEN TO TRACK THE LIVES OF EXCEPTIONAL MEN LIKE YOU. THE REVEREND LOOKS AT THE TIME TRAVELER WITH TOTAL SKEPTICISM. I'VE BEEN FOLLOWING YOU, SIR, ALL THE WAY, BUT RECENT EVENTS HAVE CHANGED MY TASKS. I DON'T HAVE TIME FOR THIS NOW, IF YOU WOULD EXCUSE ME. Unfazed, THE TIME TRAVELER QUICKLY SWIPES HIS HAND ACROSS. Dr. King's key life events flash in front of him in rapid succession. Suddenly, the scrolling of the images slows down. On the floating image, Dr. King can watch himself speak to a crowd in Selma, Alabama, in March of 1965. Dr. King states emphatically, We can do this. We must do this. We will take their power through the vote. Then the images fast forward again, and now... Reverend King speaks to an enormous crowd at the footsteps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. I have a dream that all men are created equal. Then the image fast-forwards again. In rapid succession, Dr. King is shown receiving the Nobel Peace Prize in Stockholm, Sweden, then standing next to President Johnson later in 1964, while the Commander-in-Chief signs the Civil Rights Act, followed by August 6th, 1965, when the reverend is witnessing the signing of the Voting Rights Act. Reverend King, the seeds you planted have had a profound effect on our country. I've been instructed to take you forward in time to observe what happened to your dream. And before the reverend can react, the time traveler is standing with Dr. King on a barren island outside of what appears to be an abandoned one-story prison made of stone blocks. Where are we? We're at Robin Island, sir. It is the Alcatraz Island of Cape Town, South Africa. As you can see and feel, it's bitterly cold, humid, and windy. It's a place damned by immense human suffering, like Devil's Island in South America's French Guiana, and Auschwitz in Poland. Why are we here? In these houses of oppression, an extraordinary man, Following in your footsteps, spent the majority of a 27 year period of incarceration imprisoned for opposing the racist system of South Africa's segregation. Apartheid. Right, sir. Reverend, let me introduce you to this remarkable South African. It is now 1993, in a place familiar to Dr. King. Overcome by emotion one more time, he witnesses the King of Sweden presenting the Nobel Peace Prize to a tall, white-haired man. Suddenly the setting changes and they're now standing inside the South African Congress Building in the country's capital of Pretoria. Reverend, it's now May 10th, 1994, and this great man is addressing the nation as he's just been elected President of South Africa. Let's listen to what he's saying. THIS IS A VICTORY FOR JUSTICE, FOR PEACE, FOR HUMAN DIGNITY. AT LAST WE HAVE ACHIEVED POLITICAL EMANCIPATION. NEVER, NEVER AND NEVER AGAIN SHALL IT BE THAT THIS BEAUTIFUL LAND EXPERIENCES THE OPPRESSION OF ONE BY ANOTHER. THE SUN SHALL NEVER SET ON SUCH GLORIOUS HUMAN ACHIEVEMENT. LET THE FREEDOM REIGN. GOD BLESS AFRICA. Dr. King is at first speechless, then he states, What a remarkable achievement! The end of apartheid through a democratically elected member of the oppressed. He asks, his voice trembling, What is his name? Nelson Mandela. The Reverend is in a trance. Shaken to the core as he holds back blissful tears of pride. The floating image changes again, and South Africa's newly inaugurated president— is answering questions from the local press. The national rugby team uniforms should be changed to reflect the colours of the majority in the country, asserts a reporter. Absolutely not. We will respect and participate in the traditions and preferences of one another. This will not be a witch hunt. This process is about unity and integration, and not about dominance or oppression, or imposing the will of one, some, or even many others. The Time Traveler continues. Reverend, in the future you become famous and revered all over the planet. Your ideas and struggles resonate all over the world. Testimonials of your life and your messages are all around us. In the United States alone, there are some 650 streets named after you. Also, there are monuments, parks, and streets dedicated to you in countries like Australia, Austria, France, Germany, India, Israel, Italy, Senegal, South Africa, and Zambia, among others. In front of his eyes, the floating screen moves from place to place, showing his name across cities, countries, and continents. I wish I could tell you that I am pleased, but accolades about me are not something I particularly enjoy. I am more interested in what happened to my ideas, states a visibly uncomfortable Dr. King. Well, Dr. King, your ideas and persona have grown significantly over time, and Mr. Mandela is a great example of your legacy, but the definite crystallization of many of your dreams took place years later when the improbable, the impossible, and the unthinkable took place. However, to witness that, we need to move closer to home, describes the time traveler as he continues. Reverend, we're now in Chicago at the 2008 Democratic Party National Convention. Here is another remarkable man, an African-American senator launching his political career nationwide. Let's listen to what he has to say. How long will justice be crucified and truth be buried? There is no blue or red black or white native or Hispanic, liberal or conservative America. There is the United States of America. The reverend is visibly impacted by his words, then asks, Who's he? A Harvard graduate, sir, specialized in constitutional law, son of a Kenyan man and an American woman from the Midwest, who was raised in Hawaii and Indonesia. He's married to a Harvard and Yale graduate, and they have two daughters. What's his name? Barack Obama. Reverend, let me take you forward a bit to January 2009, but let me prepare you, sir. It's going to be emotional. Very emotional for you. The Reverend sees a familiar image. They're standing on the footsteps of the Lincoln Memorial. Right in front of him, he can see the D.C. Mall running through the Washington obelisk all the way to the Capitol. As with his very own speech in the same place 45 years earlier, there is a huge crowd gathered. He realizes, though, that they're all facing in the opposite direction towards the U.S. Congress. Also, the crowd is much, much larger than his was. Why are they all here? Let's get closer and find out, Reverend. Facing the immense crowd from the opposite end, They are now standing on a stage built on top of the footsteps and in front of the U.S. Congress building. Amazed, Dr. King realizes that the multitude extends all the way to the Lincoln Memorial. The elevated and sizable stage is filled with people. The Reverend does not recognize anyone, but picks up what the ceremony is about right away. Why are we here? he asks. Then, as Senator Barack Obama stands up and places his hand on Lincoln's Bible, a bolt of emotion overcomes the Reverend, sending chills down his spine. His lower lip trembles, his stare is intense and teary at the same time. He is rendered speechless, with a tight knot in his throat. I, Barack Obama, swear to uphold... "'Yes, we can. "'Oh, Lord, we did it, we did it, "'with the power of the vote,' "'states a visibly overwhelmed Dr. King. "'A new image quickly flashes and is familiar to him. "'With a broad smile and amazement, "'the Reverend observes, "'So, as Mandela and me, "'he also received the Nobel Peace Prize. "'Then, before he can act, "'they have switched to January 2013,' while still standing at the same stage on top of the footsteps of Congress. The scene repeats itself as the oath of office is taken. Dr. King realizes that Obama's hair is now sprinkled with white. He pauses, and then it hits him. Re-elected? The Reverend blurts out. How could that have happened? Well, Reverend, he's a symbol and a fruit of your success, a more than worthy successor to what you started. Remarkably, sir, he's been elected both times by almost half of the country's 72% white majority and by a large percentage of the country's Asian, African-American, and Hispanic population. The whites were the clinchers, though. They elected him both times, sir. They're now in Cairo, Egypt. President Obama is speaking. Let's listen to his speech, Reverend. For centuries, black people in America suffered the lash of the whip as slaves and the humiliation of segregation. However, it was not violence that won full and equal rights. It was peaceful and determined insistence upon ideals, a tradition that has stretched from the days of the country's founding to the civil rights movement a tradition based on the simple idea that we all have a stake in one another and that what binds us together is greater than what drives us apart, that if enough people believe in the truth of the proposition and act on it, then we might not solve every problem, but we can get something meaningful done. Dr. King is overwhelmed and yet relieved, as he stares in the horizon, his face projects a sense of intense satisfaction, realization, and pride. It happened. It really happened, he says in a trance. Well, sir, to a large degree, yes, but there's still a lot of work to do. Let me show you, Reverend. Then the images of the shootings in Orlando, Ferguson, and Charleston flash by. I see, says a circumspect reverend. Then he asks, How did the president react? Let's go there, says the time traveler. Violence is a dead end. We will extend a hand if you unclench your fist, President Obama states. We still have a long way to go, declares the reverend. That's true, reverend. But your dream is not just that any longer. It is now a reality.